0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 449, recorded live on Saturday, February 6th, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who had oatmeal this morning, Dave Play. Yes, I did. And the man who went on a poonchki run, Andy Lowe, hi. Poonchki run? Yes, uh, we picked up a box of punchkis. Today. Oh,
1: okay, I thought you were, like, talking about a race or something. I'm like, the fuck is that messed up? Like, is that a, a 5K where you're eating poonchkis the whole time? That oh, sounds God. like a terrible <laughs> oh, choice. Ugh. Why would you make such a poor life decision? <laughs> ugh. For those of you who don't know, a poochki, which is not spelled like poochki, is essentially a donut. It's, but it's,
0: it's like one of those like donuts you see at some of the high end donut shops where it, it, it's like the size of like your two fists together and it's, you know, got like a stick of butter in it, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, they're, they're for Fat Tuesday, for Lent. It's a celebration of, I guess. Holy crap, wait, if Lent is just starting, oh shit, when's Passover? Dave, you shouldn't you know this? <laughs> no, it moves every year, damn it. It's based on the lunar calendar. It's like t- asking a Catholic, when's Easter next year?
0: Uh, April 22nd. is Passover.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. I should probably start thinking about that because that's in two months.
0: Yes. Two and a half. Two and a half.
1: 2017,
0: it's April 10th. Oh,
1: it's my brother's birthday.
0: Cool. So there you go. I've got your April 2017 Passover date as well. Yeah,
1: th- I, I appreciate that. You realize about this time next year, I'll probably be asking, I wonder when Passover is. <laughs> 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 because at the end of January, you're probably going to go and make another poonski run and you'll talk about it on the podcast. So i be like, oh, I wonder when Passover is. And then we'll look this up and be like, wait, we did this last year.
0: Oh shit. Huh. Fat Tuesday next year is February 28th.
1: That's very late. Yeah. Why is it so late if Passover is earlier?
0: Well, cuz that's the lunar calendar. Yes. Let's see. So goddamn Catholics. Okay, whatever. I
1: don't mean that literally, don't worry. Just okay, so I'm looking at I'm
0: looking I'm looking at the previous dates for Fat Tuesday. Yeah. 2010 it was february 16th 2011 it was march 8th 2012 it was february 21st so it's usually towards the
1: end of february so it's just really early this year
0: february 12th march 4th february 17th february 9th yeah and then the 28th 13th march 5th february 25th so for some odd reason this year is much earlier yeah uh
1: there's a restaurant near janesville called fat tuesdays (laughs) It is the Fat Tuesday's Kitchen.
0: I know there's Ruby Tuesday.
1: And there's Fat Tuesday's in Dubuque. Mm. It has a four-star rating on Google whatever. A Google Reviews? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Google. Thank you, Google. That's exactly what I was looking for when I typed in Fat Tuesday. That's
0: totally correct. Oh, the Ruby Tuesday near us is not here anymore. Oh, no. Nearest The nearest Ruby Tuesday for us is in Battle Creek.
1: Yeah, that's not near. I guess it's near in, like, the global sense of near. The yeah, galactic 20, sense 23 of near. miles,
0: that's, that's not really near. Especially, you know, for a chain restaurant. Oh, yes, let's drive 20 miles to go to a chain restaurant. Yes, no, we have punchkis now sitting, waiting for us for Tuesday. Are you not going
1: to eat them until Tuesday?
0: Well, I'm, uh, we had a uh, cheesecake Danish here from yesterday that we're finishing up today.
1: <laughs> so why did you go and buy them today?
0: Because today was the day to go buy them. <laughs>
1: oh are they not sold the rest of the
0: week no no they're 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 sold the rest of the week but we were going out to the the uh the library had its book sale this morning so we picked up the punch keys as well while we were out i see oh believe me trying to pick these things up either tomorrow monday or tuesday that'd be yeah. a pain in the butt but since the place out here some of them are selling them on saturday okay we went and picked up some so you have punch keys mm-hmm. i have steel cut oats why does it matter that they're cut with steel?
1: Uh it doesn't. They you could just call them cut oats, I suppose. Um there's not many other things you'd use to cut them though.
0: Oh, the I difference... just, I googled. I literally googled oats, right? Yeah. Yeah. First result is Wikipedia article for oat. The second article was, what's the difference between steel cut, rolled, and instant oats? Yep,
1: and there's one more because there's like Scottish oats and I think Irish oats is the other one.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, Andy, so what is the difference between steel cut and rolled um, and quick? Well,
0: steel cut oats are also referred to as Irish or Scottish oats. Um,
1: they're referred to as one. They shouldn't be referred to as both.
0: Well, this the, the, the kitchen.com tells me it's, that they're...
1: Okay, but they're wrong.
0: All right. Uh let's see this uh whole grain is cut into several pieces rather than rolled steel cut oats almost look like rice longest to cook toothsome chewy texture that retains much of its shape even after cooking rolled oats are
1: rolled they are pressed
0: yeah they are uh, steamed to make them pliable and then pressed to flatten them yeah there's also ground oats hmm well I didn't know there was a difference but I guess there is yep well that covers the food portion of today's episode <laughs> Yeah, that's if you, what you are think. playing along at home, you can check off that square on the unofficial...
1: RA podcast bingo board?
0: Yes. Okay. Man, if we had a bingo board, I wonder what we'd put on it. We'd have to think of 24 things that are in the podcast. And then a free thing? Well, yeah, because the free thing's always in the middle.
1: Yep. I, I think we could come up with it pretty quick. The real trick is not to do 24, though. The real trick is to do way more than that.
0: Well, let's just start with twenty-four. Well, because if if you do
1: twenty-four, then everyone's going to have similar boards, right? Like they'll be rearranged differently. But in bingo, one board can have numbers that are not on the other board.
0: Yes, true. But I'm saying let's just start with twenty-four first.
1: <laughs> See if we can come up with twenty-four. Yes. Do we want to? Do, I mean, we can do that right now. This can be that
0: episode, or not. Nope. Are you sure? Well, I I can't think of anything right now off the top. Of my, I'd have to process what? this.
1: What you get, Andy? Food, football, baseball, cars.
0: What I need you to do.
1: What I need you to do. Uh,
0: Especially. <laughs> Especially milk. Whoa! Wait, say those again, both of them. <laughs> Especially milk.
1: I, I I that's a wrap. <laughs>
0: Well that's always in every episode, so that right. doesn't work. But
1: but no, you just said them both correctly. Yes. I can't handle that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's another one where I laugh so hard I start to cough.
1: Andy's laugh cough. Wikipedia searches. Google searches.
0: Times of the episode where all you hear is just typing on keyboards. Keyboard typing. <laughs> Um Kate in the background chiming in.
1: Kate's voice from the Peanut Gallery.
0: Uh Laz's voice from the Peanut Gallery. <laughs>
1: Laz's whining. <laughs> Let's call it what it really is. <laughs> Soda cans.
0: True. Uh somebody's phone going off.
1: Phone slash alarm going off. How about topics we usually hit? Uh apple based topics?
0: Apple Sony Oh IPOs IPOs uh,
1: incredible amounts of money
0: <laughs> money value over a billion dollars just I'm just leaving it as incredible amounts of money true um, the FCC
1: we're at 17 that I've listed here um curling running curling running um, Hans talk about Hans okay well that's a that's a pretty good start right there,
0: like I said, you know you need
1: yeah as, as we keep going, I'll just keep uh keep marking these down. How did you say especially and milk properly
0: by literally pausing in my brain and making sure to pronounce it how Kate pronounces it? you mean the right way how other people pronounce it look, I'm not here to judge who's right and who's wrong because you're wrong <laughs>
1: <laughs> like i yeah yeah you you are wrong on that one. Okay, um, speaking of. Yes? No, that's one. Oh. Right, speaking of something to switch topics. Yes. (laughs) Forced segues. Oh, come on, Andy, that was a low ball.
0: Speaking of forced segues, I don't know where you're going with this. Speaking of forced
1: segues, how about a topic?
0: Oh, okay, I see where you're going with that. Andy doesn't get Dave's joke. (laughs) Dave doesn't get Andy's joke. (laughs) It's because
1: Andy's jokes aren't funny. Uh, moving on. What do we got? Where do we want to start? GameStop is publishing things?
0: Yes. GameStop has gone into an agreement with, I do believe, Insomniac to produce Song of the Deep. Or sorry, to publish Song of the Deep.
1: Insomniac, like Insomniac Games.
0: Yes, Insomniac Games. Okay. So GameStop is going to be the publisher. For Song
1: of the Deep. Yes. What is Song of the Deep?
0: Song of the Deep is a passion project from Insomniac's chief creative officer, Brian Hastings. Who le- who's leading a small team of 15 people to craft a metroidvania style game that features a young girl on her quest to find her missing father. The game's protagonist pilots a rickety submarine, which she can continually upgrade to gain new abilities and access new areas of the sea.
1: Okay. When you said Metrovidian, did you mean Metroidvania? Yes, that is okay. what I meant. Just just want to check. I just blew through that word? You're just like, I'm not even going to stop. You, you do know what a Metroidvania is, right?
0: Yeah, it's a Castlevania-slash-Metroid- type of level discovery yeah
1: world discovery like world it just, discovery. it's the genre it's a subgenre of the uh like platforming adventure game okay dave explains something to andy <laughs> andy explain not. Uh, we won't go the other way okay
0: wait wait whoa <laughs> whoa Whoa!
1: So GameStop is publishing this. It's not Mike. Mm -hmm. They've signed the deal. That's interesting, because Insomniac is not, like, a little game studio. No. I mean, they did Ratchet and Clank, and I—okay, maybe they're not exactly big.
0: What what has Insomniac Games
1: done? Sunset Overdrive, Ratchet and Clank. They did a Spyro game. They did Resistance. That's kind of—there's a few others, but they're not
0: huge. Spyro, Ratchet & Clank, Resistance, Sunset Overdrive. So yeah, they they were like big in the 2000s.
1: Well, except, is that Spyro, like actually Spyro? Yeah, okay, it was. They did a lot on, on no.
0: They Ratchet they were were like, They were like one of the PlayStation darlings is what they yeah, were. Yeah, Ratchet & Clank was huge. Resistance
1: yeah. was supposed to be really good. Sunset Overdrive was way overhyped.
0: Yes, it was.
1: They're looking for interns. There's in fact a gameplay internship. I don't know what that means. I I don't know. With our gameplay programming department searching for students who've proven track record of creating fun gameplay code, ready to take their skills to the next level. Okay. Yep. Not for me. But that's kind of cool. Also really weird that GameStop is doing this.
0: Yeah, that's... I I don't know. Well, at least they say they've been incredible. Okay, this is coming from um somebody at Insomniac saying that they've been incredibly supportive and enthusiastic about the content, but we'll be the first ones to tell you that they're not game developers and they're not asking us to change the game. This is Insomniac's vision and then and they've been supportive of it all along.
1: I'm okay with it as long as I don't have to buy like GameStop branded upgrades to this submarine.
0: That is true and they can kind of GameStop can publish it and distribute it like yeah. Yeah, All you're, in one, you're which is a little scary. Into,
1: right, you're starting to pull into a vertical monopoly territory. Yeah. Like, what happens if GameStop gets some experience at publishing and then starts hiring developers and then, like, that's... Granted, vertical monopolies aren't necessarily a bad thing.
0: No. It's not like an
1: actual monopoly. It's it's still dangerous, but Valve had a vertical
0: monopoly valve had a vertical monopoly heck carnegie made his money off of vertical monopoly right ford the rouge river plant raw material Well, that's still not a full vertical no he actually had like rubber plants down in south america yeah but he didn't own the mines did he I, he might have i think i knew ford owned a bunch of mines oh that he, would he be was, a was vertical literally trying monopoly. to take it from the rubber tree plant that he owned all the way to the car out the back of the rouge river plant
1: yeah i know the the plant itself uh if, if you if you have any interest ladies and gentlemen if you have any interest in like automotive history and uh, even war history military history Go check out the Rouge River plant because that's incredible. Raw material went in one end, finished products came out the other.
0: Uh, they, they were making their own steel on site. The plant was almost a vertical monopoly.
1: Yeah. like you, you just it's like in a video game, right? You just like start throwing material at a building and it builds stuff. That's what this plant was, and when they were when they retooled it during World War II to make bombers, it was a bomber a day, wasn't it?
0: So it was something ridiculous like that. Uh, I want to. Okay, hang on. Ruse River
1: bomber. Ah, I'm wrong. It was not a bomber a day. Yeah. According to this, it was a bomber an hour.
0: Holy crap.
1: Uh, <laughs> I want to I wanna check on that. Well, because it, you know, it's, it takes some amount of time for the bomber, but if you just have one working where each one is an hour behind the next, yeah. uh, from farm to flight line, liberator production. Yeah. They were making the B-24 liberator and it was 3.5 million square feet. The assembly line was a mile long. Jeez. Now, I remember. So yeah, that- read, read about this stuff. Cause it's really, really, really awesome. Yeah, Yeah. here it is. They rolled a liberator off the production line every 63 minutes. Oh, jeez. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, because... So you think think about about this... Well, you think about the the movies and, like, the Tuskegee Airmen, where we we were losing dozens and dozens of bombers. This is how we could lose dozens and dozens and hundreds of bombers because they were making them one
0: per hour. Which is really funny because Henry Ford himself... Was, was it, you know, kind, kind of, of a Nazi Semitic. sympathizer. <laughs> he was a little bit of a Nazi sympathizer.
1: Just, just a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. Just a tiny amount. But then he realized how much money he could make by, you know, funding Selling. the war effort. Yeah.
1: At its peak, the plant produced 650 B-24s a month.
0: Man, Henry Ford was a weird guy. That whole, that whole clan. Henry Ford, Firestone, Edison. Firestone was a person? Yes, Firestone was a person. I was not familiar with that. Did Henry or Harvey Firestone? Harvey Samuel Firestone founded the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. Ah, who knew? Uh, me. Okay. And evidently Wikipedia.
1: Hey, look, here's a picture of Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, and Harvey Firestone.
0: Like, you think about just the... They were all assholes. Yeah, but you think of it, just like how much business savviness was literally just like just hanging out in the woods together.
1: Yep, yep. People at the right place at the right time. Yeah. The right idea. And a lack of morals.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
1: It's amazing how far you can go in the, like, early 1900s with a complete and utter lack of moral. Okay, so GameStop is potentially being a publisher that's wow that was a deep rabbit uh how about that rabbit holes (laughs) wow that's on the list now okay uh so what's up with leapfrog andy
0: leapfrog and vtech makers of the basically the two biggest electronics for young people sort of things my first cell phone my first laptop yeah
1: oh leapfrog not okay oops i was thinking of leap motion I'm like, why is, what are they doing with, uh,
0: okay. No, no, this is LeapFrog. Yeah, the thing that doesn't actually
1: work. Like, it makes your kids
0: smarter. No, it, it doesn't. Well, VTech and LeapFrog are now combining. Okay. VTech is going to acquire LeapFrog. Again, like Monopoly? Uh, they, Wasn't they are- VTech the company that just had the hack against them? I do not yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah, we talked about this, I think, at the end, December of last year. Okay. December was a while ago. Yeah, VTech had the, the guy attack them. Um, he sent it to, I think, like, Motherboard or something. Okay. And the the uh, author and editor at Motherboard sent a message to VTech asking them what their thoughts about it were. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what hack? They they honestly said, and I love that quote, is the fact that they didn't know about it until it was brought to our attention from you. Oops. So yeah, so now Leapfrog is going to be under that wonderful um, umbrella. Yeah,
1: I, I honestly don't care. I'm getting sucked into the rabbit hole that is Leap Motion because that's way cooler.
0: What's Leap Motion?
1: Leap Motion is this little um think of a connect that's pointing up. Okay. And so if it's pointing up and it's sitting at like the base of your keyboard, then
0: Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Oh. You got it. You got it right. You it's, it's I've gesture seen one controls. It's gesture I've, controls. I've 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 literally seen one of these and I didn't know what the hell it was.
1: They're awesome. They're really cool. And they're, they're, the, the possibilities for using them is fairly uh, impressive. Like, if I were to make that smart mirror I keep talking about, this could be something I would use with it.
0: Yeah, when I was working at Mophie, the the guy who I was working under had one of those attached to his Macintosh. I don't know if he actually had it do anything, but it was on his computer. Like, it's
1: there. Yeah, it's kind of cool. There are games for it. I see that. What's really cool is that, like, they are integrating it with VR as well. So you could really get like a minority report
0: piece. Mm. Do you ever think your arms would get tired, though, doing the whole like hand motion things? Because I sit here at my computer and I can type and all that moves is just my fingers. I talk with my arms a lot, like a lot, a lot. So if you're at work and I start to Skype with you or something and you start to talk, things are going to happen then if you're built in motion.
1: Well, but I, no, wouldn't be like that. You asked me two questions there. You said, would your arms get tired? My answer is probably not. Then you're bringing up like, well, but what if like I'm Skyping? Well, Andy, I, I have a keyboard here and we are Skyping. That
0: doesn't mean I can't still use the keyboard. True. But if you're talking with your arms, that's a little, that'd be just uh, like you're, you're sitting here Skyping with you and then your keyboard randomly starts I, typing characters out.
1: Then I lean back so my hands aren't over the sensor.
0: True. Very true. So, yeah. So what's with this in Verizon?
1: So, funny story. Yeah. Verizon has the, their, their data caps. Yes. Right? Which is already, like, kind of not really ne- neutrality at all. But they have their data caps, and sure, whatever. Okay. Uh, they are now excluding their own video service from their data caps. What? So this whole thing about like treating all data equal, not so much with Verizon.
0: So if I wanted to watch something on Verizon Video, that would uh, I could watch it till the cows come home. But as soon as I switch to Netflix, then I it gotta starts, worry. Then it
1: starts counting against your
0: cap. That mm, Yep. Yeah. That's oh my goodness gracious. Did they not learn anything from the, the, the feedback that everybody was giving against T-Mobile? Uh,
1: evidently, they learned plenty. Like, we should do that, too. Because <laughs> T-Mobile did this. And Verizon is now saying, well, let's do that as well. I don't agree with them. I think it's a bad decision. I think it violates net neutrality and that the FCC should come after them. But it also sounds like the FCC is about to have their hands full
0: anyway. Well, they're already investigating T-Mobile on the binge on. That's already happening. Okay. So it's like if if whatever they find with T-Mobile, they could just literally just turn 90 degrees, put it at Verizon and go, look at T-Mobile. Stop it.
1: <laughs> I I just see Tom Wheeler with like a rolled up newspaper. <laughs>
0: Stop it! Whack!
1: <laughs> bad Verizon. Wow, Andy, that's three times. Are you
0: okay? No, I'm not okay. I've had this cough now for like a week. That's that's not cool, man. No, no, it's not. It's It's been bad. There have been times where I just, um. What did I, I think there was at one point I just kind of just left. You left the work. work because oh. I was just not feeling good. You went home from work. Okay. Yeah.
1: Lots of people do that, you know. Like if they're feeling sick, they they go home.
0: I know. I need to, you know, realize I'm not as invincible as I used to be. Correct. By the way, why did
1: you also post Verizon data caps?
0: I just deleted that. If you refresh your page,
1: okay. Like what? What is this? Why is this here? T- oh, it's it's no different.
0: Yeah, um, no, took me a second, and then um, I deleted it. Okay. So yeah, Verizon is is blatantly ignoring
1: net neutrality. Uh, the FCC is busy. I guess we'll talk about that later. Hopping up a sec, you know, the the Internet and the places you and I spend time on in the Internet and how it is. It's kind of an echo chamber. Yes. And it's uh, I don't remember the other phrase where it's very tunnel vision. There was a phrase for that. And I don't remember what it was. Almost insular. Right. You see the things that you see, but it's not necessarily what other people see. And that's what half of this show is, is Andy and I going like, here's the stuff we saw on the Internet. This whole thing with React. Are you familiar with it?
0: No, no I'm not.
1: See, that's the thing. Like the the sites that I spent time on, this was huge. This was the, like, world-ending, oh, my God, the Internet is going to break. And Andy's like, I didn't, I didn't see it. There was nothing there. Are you familiar with the React channels on YouTube?
0: Uh, no, but I'm guessing this is videos of people watching other videos and showing their reactions, kind of, you know, like... Uh,
1: yeah, similar, but it's not necessarily just videos. It's, like, kids react to the Game Boy. And so they sit down this cast of kids, and they give them a Game Boy, and they say, all right, play a game. Uh Kids react to nes games and they have them try and play contra elders react to justin bieber etc etc gotcha the the group that does this the brothers that do this who now have a media company that does this uh their their channel has like 13 million subscribers 14 million (laughs) subscribers this is a lot of people they applied for a trademark because they have trademarks for things like kids react and elders react and their channel is called React. And so they wanted to apply for a trademark. And they did apply for a trademark for the word React. And they were going to trademark the word and the format of the show. And they wanted to license it. And so they came out and said, like, hey, look at this really awesome opportunity. Uh, you can copy us, but you have to pay us. And the rest of the Internet said, excuse me? Excuse <laughs> me? You are trying to trademark the word React. You are trying to copyright the concept of recording people watching or doing something. No, and so then they came out with a follow-up video, say like, "Oh, we're we're sorry. We didn't mean it like that. We didn't mean to say that we're going to be uh, owning the React genre." And it was just really, really terrible. It, it's it's almost comedic to watch. It's well, actually, it's both comedic and painful. To watch these guys talk about, it. it's like, oh, we didn't mean this, and we don't want to, we're sorry that we confused people, and, uh, <laughs> and everyone continued to say, excuse me? And eventually, the blowback was enough. They lost a couple hundred thousand subscribers, which isn't that much when you're talking about 14 million. Um, but it, it was a significant downward trend in their subscription numbers, which means their ad companies were starting to go like, what? And eventually, they pulled the trademark off. They said, we apologize. This isn't what we wanted. We're really sorry. Oh, and now the videos are removed. That's awesome. (laughs) That's really funny. They're like, this never happened. That's
0: funny. Yeah.
1: There was even a lawyer on Reddit who was offering free services pro bono to people who needed to fight against the trademark.
0: Oh, goodness gracious. I don't get why they're trying to trademark that. It, what? What? So,
1: because then they could take down other people. They could go after other groups using that same format.
0: Sometimes I don't understand the internet. I, I just, I just don't. It's like, hey, here's an idea, and we're going to trademark it. We're like, well, it's kind of, it's just an idea, not really anything.
1: Well, so it, it gets again into the discussion between what is trademark and what is copyright, which are two very different things. Yeah, they were trademarking the word React which would only apply, because it's a trademark, uh, to essentially like videos and channels. It's not like I say the word React and I owe them a quarter. It's for brand protection. If you want to see a a really good satire of uh, what they started with, you can actually look up CGP Grey, who was going to trademark and license stick figure videos.
0: Wait, he was gonna license stick figure videos? As a parody. Oh, okay.
1: As a satire of what they were doing. It's on his channel CGP Grade Two.
0: He's got a second uh, channel?
1: Yeah, so he's got C G P Grey for his videos, and then he's got C G P grade two for the like here's behind the scenes, here's some side projects, here's some other fun stuff that I'm doing. Oh. Including the Grey Industries Global Entertainment Ventures Group trademarking stick figures.
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: So I I mean, it's it was this really big explosion that was very, very, very infinitesimally small. Potential repercussions if they'd been successful at it. So here's a fun one. You ready for this? All right. Cheaters playing Counter-Strike Go. Is it just called Go or is it Global? I know it stands for Global Offense, but do people just call it CS Go?
0: I just call it CS Go.
1: Is it okay to call it Counter-Strike Go? Sure. Half abbreviated, half not. CS Go, uh, which is on Steam, so it has the Valve... Trustworthy, whatever security stuff. Someone made a set of three hacks that he designed to trigger the VAC. Oh. And so he released them on a Counter Strike Go hacking website, and Valve Anti Cheat, the VAC, started catching these players. Ah. His stuff was downloaded like. I think he said 3,500... No, the third one was downloaded 3,500 times. So about 5,000 times. That's funny. (laughs) 5,000 downloads. And all of those people got banned.
0: (laughs) So so people were trying to cheat on CSGO. There's a website that hosts files for them to download.
1: Yep, mods. He posts his hacks on the, the website. People download them. And the first two were actually very clever. Uh, the first two didn't trigger it until a timed delay.
0: Oh, that's sneaky.
1: So after some amount of time of using these hacks and cheats, uh, the the mod triggered and called off to the VAC, the Valve Anti-Cheat, which then said, no, you're using uh, illegal mods. You have broken the terms of service. You are now banned. The That's... third one had no delay. It just immediately flagged back. But yeah, that was uh, that happened.
0: That's. Funny. That's uh, really funny. All right, your turn. My turn. Uh, remember how Nintendo wanted to do a whole bunch of like quality of life stuff back in 2014? Yes. So they were going to do like you know the whole like the, the like a Fitbit sort of thing and then the scale along with. There's the, there's the heart rate monitor, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that they were going to launch was a non-contact sleep device, sleep monitor. A non-contact
1: sleep monitor. Yeah. I vaguely remember that they were going to do some sort of sleep monitor.
0: Yeah. So you just put this on your. Back side table, and then it would do, like, you know, some sort of wave something or motion capture or something like that. Okay. So it would track so, your sleep without having, you know... Mumbo-jumbo. a person wear something. Yeah. They figure it out? Uh, no. Because they have decided to, um, according to Nintendo President, we do not have the conviction that the sleep and fatigue-themed device can enter the phase of actually becoming a product.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a, a translation, but that's a really funny translation yeah like we're not uh, convinced we no this have... will actually
0: survive yeah we no longer have any plans to release it by the end of 2016 or ever
1: yeah is is what my interpretation of that is
0: yeah we i love that we no longer have the conviction that the, the it can actually enter the phase of being a product
1: yeah we don't believe that this will actually work yeah this is really what it comes down to we don't think this will actually work okay well props to nintendo for trying Mm-hmm. reminds me of like So, you remember the the College Humor videos, What If Google Was a Guy?
0: Yes. They made more. Oh, goodness.
1: So, there's now a four and five. And in one of those, I don't remember which one, uh, a guy comes in and searches for, What happened to Google Wave? (laughs) Yeah, We killed it. What happened to Google Glass? We killed it. Google Car. Now, this one. Let me tell you about this one. Neat ideas. Neat ideas. Not a lot of practicality. Wave was interesting. Is it still out there, the, the code? I Whoa. thought they open-sourced it.
0: I'm not sure. There's
1: the Wave protocol on Google Code. This project contains a Java implementation of the Google Wave Federation protocol and a prototype server, web, and console client. So, yes. Oh, it still exists. It's called Apache Wave now. No. Oh. You can still actually, like, download and install and run. I don't know why. <laughs> there have been no official releases of Apache Wave. Last release was posted on October 10th, 2014. Yeah, I think this died a silent death. (laughs) Because it's not, like, actually out there (laughs) anywhere. Ah, okay. That's
0: unfortunate. So... Bethesda is going to be doing another E3 press event.
1: I'm betting we see DLC for Fallout
0: 4. Yeah, I'm a feeling this one's not going to be as big of a press release as, you know, last time. ES6. 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 I have no idea what you're chanting. Elder Scrolls 6. Ah.
1: There's no way. There is zero way they could have it ready. There have not been nearly enough leaks... They have not had nearly enough time. They, they'd they be stupid to do it because they need to. I mean, Fallout 4. Well, was it a different engine? I think it was. No, it might have still been. Now that I think about it, it might still be the, the Skyrim engine. Because I remember seeing something about the first thing they wanted to do for Fallout 4 was they took Fallout 3 and rewrote it with the Skyrim engine to just see if they could. Elder Scrolls 6. Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, so they've got an announcement. They haven't said anything about what it is, but they've got an announcement. Mm. It's probably DLC for Fallout 4. Although that's interesting. I recognize two of these characters standing in line. Which
0: two do you recognize? The first two. Ah. Yeah, there's Fallout, there's Skyrim. Uh It looks like first. a Beholder. Yeah. But Beholder
1: is owned by Wizards of the Coast and also have eyes at the end of each of those stalks. Is that one of the dudes from Doom?
0: That's what I'm thinking. And then uh the guy holding the gun right in front of him, that looks like it's uh Wolfenstein. Okay. The guy in front of him, um uh Borderlands. Claptrap. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: but that's Borderlands isn't Bethesda, is it? I didn't think so. No, Borderlands is
0: 2K. Yeah, Gearbox software in 2K. All right, never mind. Yeah,
1: so that's, that better not be claptrap.
0: No, that'd be weird. Dishonored? Maybe. So, yeah, so we're going to have EA's EA first on Sunday afternoon. Sunday Bethesda night is going is to be Bethesda. Sunday evening. And then Microsoft, Sony, and Ubisoft are going to be on Monday. Nintendo? Nintendo doesn't do E3. We know this, right? But they always have a press conference. True. What do you mean Nintendo doesn't do E3? Since when? Well, they have the, They have the digital events. Nintendo
1: at E3 2015. Yeah. So they no, were there last year. It's the digital. Yeah. So it's not they, actually they like... They still in- have a presence... <laughs> the puppets the oh that's puppets puppets puppet. awesome funny puppets so yeah what's they up with
0: the... google play music and podcasts
1: google is bringing podcasts into google play music oh we should probably make sure to get on that yes yes we should i'll see what i can do all right i don't know that there's actually that much that we need to do people can just use our link and plug it in and it should be fine true um but yeah it's going to have a podcast player and you'll be able to it looks like it's not going to be great. Very few places do podcasts great.
0: Outside of uh, iTunes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did find a, a podcast player that I might try out, but it's four bucks, whereas
0: iTunes is free. Yeah. And works extremely well with my iPod in the car.
1: Yes, but I do not have my iPod in the car. At least not all the time. Only sometimes.
0: Oh, as in a quick aside, Hamtramck USA um, has a Punchki run today. It's a 5K where after the run, you receive a Punchki and a beer. So it's the
1: real, like, poonski run, not yeah. a fake, I ran to the store for punchkis. Yeah, no,
0: this is an By actual way,
1: 5K. Out of, out of curiosity, is there an N in the word or no? In Punchki? Yeah, because no. I know there isn't one in the actual, like... I, I write it out. I understand that. But is there one on actual, in, in like, how you pronounce it? Cause when I hear you pronounce it, I hear punchki.
0: Well, I think it's actually like Potski, I think. I'm not sure. I, the, the amount of Polish in me uh, is probably non-existent. Okay. So how you actually pronounce it, not exactly sure. All
1: right. It just sounds like Puchki to me, but I know there's no N. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, moving on. Slashdot. Slashdot, which got bought by Dice a couple of years ago. Not
1: Dice Entertainment, right?
0: No. Dice, uh, like not the, the, the not job. the video game company. Yeah. The job hunting, tech job kay. hunting site. Yeah. Um. They just sold off, Slashdot, and SourceForge as well. To whom? Uh, BizX, B-I-Z-X. Who the hell is BizX? I don't know. I've never heard of them until today.
1: Right-click BizX, BizX,
0: BizX. A community of businesses
1: that buy and sell, no? No. That's BizX,
0: the cashless community? Yeah, I do believe the BizX.info is the website, yes. Ah,
1: changing the physics of business. Are you sure? Yes. As a leading digital media company, we publish hundreds of popular websites, provide, okay. So it's just a a group that owns websites?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Credit services. What? I think it is that BizX.com. Telecom and VoIP, Hotel and Travel. What the fuck?
0: I don't know what these people do. I'm not sure, but they, they uh, had the money to buy Slashdot and SourceForge.
1: Yep. They do have their CEO and their president published on their site with their extensions. Well then. Andy, what I need you to do... <laughs>
0: I'm not calling somebody in a C-level position. Pick
1: either Roger Abbott, the CEO, or Roger Shepard, the president, and say, can you tell us a little bit about what your company actually does? Besides look super shady because your CEO and your CFO, I'm pretty sure our husband and wife.
0: Well, according to their press release, BizX has built and acquired hundreds of consumer and business focused websites ranging in subject matter from travel to telecommunications and from business advice to VoIP products and services. The company also owns and operates a number of successful and highly ranked business and consumer products and services websites that together generate millions of highly targeted visitors each month. These sites include Wirefly.com and MyRatePlan.com. I still think we should Contact them and say, can you actually explain what your company does? They just they own websites, is what it looks like. And how that changes the
1: physics of business. That part I don't know. I'm not quite sure what that actually means. We changed the physics of business. Um A, I wasn't aware business really followed the laws of physics. Seems much more of a like societal construct. Okay. But they've been sold. They, they This group purchased SourceForge and Slashdot.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, according to a couple of people, there have been some uh, layoffs at Slashdot. So who knows what's going to happen with that. They said that they were going to leave it pretty much alone. But Except then, for ads and using it to distribute other content. Right? I guess so. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, you and I, Andy... Yes. ...are Android users. Yes. We are proud users of Android. Yes. Would you ever go to an iPhone?
0: No. Why not? Because I don't want to lock myself into the Apple infrastructure. Okay.
1: Even though it's... it They're... There is definitely a benefit to having a unified ecosystem like Yes,
0: that. there is a benefit to having a unified ecosystem.
1: You just don't want to get rid of the, the freedom of choice.
0: Yeah, it's like okay. you have an iPhone. It's like, okay, that's great. And then you kind of have to, whatever you want to do with it, you have to shoehorn it into the iPhone. My current phone, I can just, it, it seems like instead of just trying to shoehorn things into the Apple infrastructure, it have the baseline Android infrastructure that I can use to build things off of. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. I mean, it makes sense to me, but I'm also an Android user. Okay. Um, iPhone users Yes. have been starting to encounter a small problem. This is on the iPhone 6 which has that neat little fingerprint scanner. Okay. Which for some people the scanner breaks and they're like oh crap our scanner broke. Yeah. And they go online they say like how to fix and there's places that say, well, we've got this third party scanner that we can just repair the phone with. And so they do it and then they get the phone back and then they turn it on and everything works great. And then Apple issues an update and then their phone doesn't turn on anymore. Ooh. Now, from Apple's perspective, that's actually pretty legit. Yeah. A, you have inserted third party data into the phone, third party hardware into the phone. Yes. B, if I had an iPhone and if I had a fingerprint scanner i would actually really like it that if i lost the iphone and someone tried to defeat the fingerprint scanner by attaching a different piece of hardware they couldn't get in i'm okay with that yeah i would however like the ability to say no this is really me i promise let me into my phone like going on to itunes or something and going into my account and saying like i'm about to change the fingerprint hardware and it happens to people who actually haven't changed their hardware Wait, what? That's the real kicker. There are some iPhone 6 owners who, because the fingerprint scanner was loose or damaged in some way, uh, they're getting the same error, the error 53.
0: Oh so if i took my phone to say like one of those cell phone repair places and said you know hey i have a trouble here especially you know if i take it to the apple store and i'm out of warranty i don't want to pay the apple price to get it fixed there so i take it to a third party place they replace it with a third party fingerprint scanner and give me my phone back it will not work
1: correct it might work for a little bit and then it would stop
0: that's shitty yeah that's that's royal that's just royally shitty i'm sorry that's i can't describe it any other way
1: Yep. that sucks
0: But that's a thing now. Damn. Yep. God, you can't even use third party stuff. To repair your Apple... Well, I understand... Okay, my guess is that you could probably... Other parts of the iPhone you could replace with third-party stuff. there, But this is a security, is security. feature. Yeah, this is security. Okay, that... I, yes, I can see where Apple's going with that. Going, you know... Last thing I want to do is have somebody, you know... Be able to take apart my phone... Swap right. out one component... And then literally bypass my security feature. Right. And have access to everything.
1: So it, it sort of makes sense.
0: Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, what else? Well, we got two little things there, ISP-related. Which one do you want to hit? Uh that are ISP related? Well, cable related. We either have cable set top boxes mm-hmm. or cable ISPs. Your choice. Which one do you want to
1: Tell me I so I saw this about the F C C and I we sort of touched on it. Tell me what what this really is. I'm still a little lost about what the FCC wants and what the cable industry is saying. No, that's a bad thing.
0: Okay, Dave, Do you you had cable TV at some point, right? Yes. Remember that whole box that you had to plug the cable into, and then you plug that box into your TV?
1: I mean, that's essentially what my router is, isn't it? My cable well, modem?
0: Yeah, but it, it's for your television, so you, you would take, you know, HDMI output from this box and plug it into your TV, and then you would change channels on the cable box, not your TV, in order to Correct. change channels, right? Yes, yes. Well, that's your cable set-top box. Okay. Currently, the rules are that only like the actual company is allowed to make those. So Comcast is the only one who's allowed to make them for Comcast. Dish is the only one that's allowed to make them for Dish. DirecTV is the only one who's allowed to make them for DirecTV, that sort of thing, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, which, most of the time, you have to rent from your provider. Yeah, it's,
1: it's another way they can make money because they say, like, oh, your service costs... a month, but the box costs another 10.
0: Yeah. So on average, people have done the math here. On average, people pay $231.82 a year in rental fees for a total of, for the, for, you know, service worldwide, $19.5 billion a year in rental fees. That's a lot of money. Yeah, especially, like, people are like, oh, yeah, no, $7 a month, that's not bad. You could probably go out and buy that box if you were able to buy it for $231.82 a year. It's one of those where it's like, well, wait a second, I'm paying something over and over again for something that I could have bought after the first year, right? Except
1: that Comcast doesn't sell them.
0: Yeah. So what the FCC is saying now is they want to open the set-top boxes to other hardware manufacturers. So so if, your, your TV producer, yeah, your Samsung 50-inch TV could be, come with a, quote-unquote, set-top box built in. That so you just take your, you take your cable Time and you plug it into the television. Comcast
1: or wherever else, hmm? with that set-top box that, that comes with the TV, work with Comcast and Time Warner and Charter.
0: Well, that's what the FCC is trying to say that they want it to do. They want to be able to open that closed system... Because before, yeah, this was sort of happening back in the 90s with things called cable cards, where, it's you know, you get a little card and you'd be able to put that into whatever box that you have. And that cable card then, well, you know, would allow you to have that box act like your Comcast box or act like your dish receiver. But that technology kind of, it came out, but then nobody really wanted to mess with it because the cable companies made the things very convoluted to use. They just want to take that cable card idea and make it a software format. Because your your set-top box is what? Basically just a router? Yeah. with the computer interface built in with a, it's an HDMI output. Yeah. It's a computer in a box now that just has a very specific purpose, but it's still a computer. So the stuff is just software-based now. So they want to say, okay, we want to take that software and we want to allow all hardware manufacturers to be able to use it. Yeah. Now, the, the proposed rules still include copyright protections, so you would still only be able to uh, view content that you're actually paying for. So you still have to follow all the classic rules of, you know, you can't, you know, get illegal cable. You can't get free channels, that sort of stuff. So th- so
1: that's what the FCC wants. Yes. And the cable companies are saying, wait, this is $19 billion of our money that we might lose.
0: Yeah, pretty. But they're, they're not saying it that way. <laughs> okay. Okay. How, how are they saying it? Because that's well, what Com- they're saying, Comcast, right? Comcast wrote, saying that the proposal, like prior federal government technology mandates, would impose costs on consumers, adversely impacting the creation of high-quality content and chill innovation. It also flies in the face of rapid changes that are occurring in the marketplace and benefiting consumers. I'm not sure that... What 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 rapid changes are Yeah, that's what I'm sitting there going like. Rapid changes. I'm like, it took... You mean
1: everyone moving to Netflix? Is that
0: the rapid change you're talking about? And the National Cable and Telecommunications Association, the biggest cable lobby group, states also that there are already apps that bring TV networks to various devices. So this mandate would be unnecessary and backwards looking. Except that there's $19 billion in it. Yeah, that's, that's the unwritten thing that they're talking about. It's like the cable company is getting $19 billion a year. The cable industry is getting $19 billion a year for renting these things out, for leasing these things to consumers. Okay. We have been in this apartment since two thousand and eight. Yep. We have had the same cable box for eight years. For eight years.
1: You should call Comcast and say, hey, according to the uh National Well, Telecom- Because we're
0: because we're in an apartment complex, things are a little bit iffy, especially since we're not actually Dish subscribers, but they're uh we're part of a subgroup that Dish contracts out for. It's confusing. Believe me. I've tried I've wow. literally like called them up and gone. You know, we've had the same cable box for like five, six years. Is, is there any upgrades at all on this thing? They're like, well, is your cable box broken? No, it's not broken. It's like, well, then uh, we can't replace it. Andy. Yeah. I'd like to
1: introduce you to a hammer.
0: <laughs> is
1: your cable box broken?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it somehow just fell off the table and I don't onto know what happened.
1: A, onto a spike that I happened to have on the floor next to it. It jumped. It but... jumped. You all saw it.
0: Well, um, currently – because there was a few years ago where they they, – I think it was the FCC rule says that you don't actually – in apartment buildings, you don't actually have to pay to rent the equipment because you are required due to an apartment building to to pick certain types of things. So if there is only one option, you don't actually have to pay to rent the equipment. You're not supposed to. So it actually cut the uh, rental fee for us. So I don't pay for this box anymore. But before I was paying $7 a month for this box, which, you know, let's see, $7 a month, 12 months, let's say I was, we were paying months. for it for about five years, $420 yep. for this piece of technology from 2008. And even then, I don't even think it's even makes it was this new. box anymore.
1: It was, that's assuming it was new in 2008.
0: Which it probably wasn't. Right. So that's, what's going on is the fcc says we want to open up this whole business to everybody to advance technology and the cable companies are going well wait a second you mean
1: we should do more work god damn it cable companies
0: well this what that's what i don't understand is they're like oh this is like you know it's unnecessary and backwards looking it's like well you you don't have to if you're using a cable box and you people like the cable box they can still keep the cable box. That's. It's not like they're saying you have to remove the cable box. They're just saying you just want to open it up to other people.
1: Yeah, well, but Andy, as soon as they open it up to other people, two things are going to happen. <coughs> All their manufacturers are start, going to start building them and selling them. And that's going to cause the price to drop.
0: Which the cable companies then are probably going to have to figure out where are they going to get another $19.5 billion. Besides their CEO's pocketbook. Please, you're not going to. CEO's not going to pay the company. The company's going to pay the CEO.
1: Right. Well, but the company could pay the CEO less is what I'm saying. Oh. But <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, there was one more topic, yeah? Providers.
0: Yeah, some guy built a Raspberry Pi that oh, basically yeah, I tests. <laughs> hmm?
1: I love this. Go on. He
0: he built a Raspberry Pi which basically just tests his internet yep. consistently. Yep. And it just pings, right? It just, it runs just, runs just a thing. It's a simple thing. Um, and <laughs> when his internet speed drops below 50 megabits per second, which is a third of the 150 megabits per second he's paying for, uh, it tweets uh, to Comcast cares and Xfinity. Hey, Comcast, why is my internet speed down this amount and this amount up when I pay for 150 down and 10 up in washington dc
1: and it just keeps tweeting that whenever it drops below yes that's awesome has he released the code for it
0: yes he has he has posted the code and he admits i'm no fancy programmer so there's no need to point out that my code is ugly or could be better yeah but it it works so it's like one of those things where it's like here it is
1: oh my god i was i was writing some code yesterday And I was looking at it, and I was so disappointed in myself. It was hideous code. I mean, it is but but ugly, but it works.
0: Yeah, no, it's some of those things where I I have to write some batch programming, and so I've got some command line stuff that I write, and I look at it and go, "It's probably a better way of doing this." Especially you know if I did it in PowerShell. Yes, but it works.
1: It works. PowerShell or my personal favorite, AutoHotKey. You can do so much in AutoHotKey, Andy. It's so easy.
0: Well, yeah, but this stuff is... I don't have to install PowerShell at all. Is PowerShell pre-installed in Windows now or no? Uh,
1: Most Windows, I think so. Okay.
0: So I, I might be able to do some stuff in PowerShell, but it's like I know how to do most of the stuff in Command Line, and I'm not doing too much stuff. Yeah, just doing some simple downloading. W get yeah. W get combined with some command line co- x copy and move stuff, and it's yeah. like that does ninety percent of it's, it's what I want. That's yeah. all you need.
1: That's all you need. W is amazing.
0: Yeah. So some of my some of my code is you know like probably fifty lines long, which you know yes, if I did PowerShell, I can make it down to about three. But I don't I don't know how to code in PowerShell. I've never done it before, so I just did command line. It's going to be ugly, but it works. Yeah. Until somebody changes the file names on their FTP sites. It Oops! That's oh, and so I get the hey, this thing's not working. All right, let me check. Oh yeah, yeah, they changed their file name without telling anybody.
1: <laughs> Why would they do that? That's and very. Of course, silly. you know
0: I'm downloading these things at either like Saturday at 9 p.m. or. 12 30 a.m. Yeah. Like so I, I so don't, don't really have it a chance until the next to day. check it. All right. Moving on. Random Let's this guy review. Off. My turn. Yes it is your turn. I'm going to review Armello. Not
1: Carmelo. No not Carmelo. Armello. Armello. It's I your really game. Know how it's, I don't know how it's I call it Armello and that's how I'm going to continue to call it. All right. Uh, it is a game. It is on Steam. It is it's a board game. It really like it is it is the most board game video game that isn't explicitly a board game in real life that I've ever played so like if you think of Catan and turning that into a video game and you what the, some of the things you would expect from it because it was a board game that's what you get in Armello it is turn-based it is uh, there there's dice there's cards it's a board game but it's a video game it's cute it's very fun it's fairly easy to pick up the in the center of the board and the board itself is randomly generated in the center of the board is a castle. In the castle is a king, and the king is corrupt. And not just, like, corrupt like he's a bad king. Corrupt like there's an evil force constantly corrupting him more and more and more. Ah. That is actually the turn timer, is that the king is corrupt. And every turn, because he is corrupt every day... Uh, there's a day and a night and a day and a night. Each one of them is a turn, so you have a day turn, then a night turn, then a day turn, then a night turn. Every day, the king takes damage... ...from the corruption. And so he has a certain amount of life. When the king dies, the game is over. One way or another. If the king dies because a player killed the king, that player wins. Oh. If the king dies because a player uh, didn't kill the king, but the king just died because the turn timer ran out, whoever has the highest amount of a certain resource called prestige wins. Gotcha. If you seek out corruption and become more corrupt than the king... And you go to the king, you don't actually have to fight him. You automatically win and become the new evil corrupt overlord. I see. If you collect four of these purification things and take those to the king, then you don't have to fight the king. You purify him and you win. Gotcha. So it's cute. It's very nice. Uh, It's fairly simple animation. It does not require a whole lot to run. It's well designed. It's fairly well balanced. There's a lot of different ways to play. You can be very aggressive and hunt down other players, or you can be very sneaky and try and stay away from people. It's good. It's 20 bucks, usually goes on sale at 25%, so at 15 bucks and it's great multiplayer. It's it's very relaxing. I found it. Other people did not find it relaxing because there are turn timers and they didn't know what to do or what most of the stuff in the game was.
0: So it was a lot of the, they're on the clock and they have no idea what their hands are doing.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. But we discovered at the end of the game, you can turn off turn timers.
0: Oh, well, that's nice. Yep. So I'm looking at the pictures of this. The art style on this thing looks nice.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cute. It's all like animal based. So the king is a lion. Uh, The players can be either from the wolf clan, the bear clan, the rat clan, or the rabbit clan. There are eight playable characters, as it were. All of them have different abilities and different stats. There is an RPG element to it in that you still can go on quests and increase your stats. You get equipment and you can equip it. You can get allies. It's really, it's very well designed. And yeah, the art is really, really very gorgeous.
0: Oh, this is also available on PlayStation, PS4, Linux, and Macintosh. So it's not just on Steam, it's across multiple platforms as well. I don't know if
1: you can play across those platforms though.
0: Hmm. Looks there good. Is- oh, it's Australian, too. Nice. So that's going be, to be fun.
1: Yep, yep. And it's, it's pretty easy
0: to pick up. Now, did I read this also that it's also available on Android and iOS devices?
1: Uh, if it is, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, are mellow coming to android and ipad in september of last year is when they published that so sometime this year it should be coming oh good around march of this year oh if they manage to meet their deadlines well that'd be nice yep
0: so it looks like it's a- kind of
1: unfortunate because i don't want to have to buy it again
0: now here's the question though yes um can you play it by yourself yes or does
1: it have to be multiplayer nope oh, there's ai wow. they're pretty good ai too you don't even need a full four-player game because if it's you and a friend, you can just fill the other two slots with AI.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it does seem like fun. The, the fifteen, the twenty dollars is a—it's a bit much, but maybe that's just my my viewpoint has been skewered too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, think of it as buying a board game.
0: True. Yeah. No, if I bought a board game for 20 bucks, that would, you know, that wouldn't be bad at all. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's uh, 60 bucks is typical for a board game. Yeah. Well, this is a quarter of 60 bucks or a third of 60 bucks, depends on if you buy it on sale or not. So that's the review. I like it. It's good. I recommend it.
0: All right. Once, you know, I start playing things, I'll look at it. But I actually have to start playing things. I've got literally 3 Xbox 360 games still in their wrapper sitting right next to me. Wow. What games? Uh, Fallout New Vegas for the Xbox 360, which I also have on Steam. Yep. Uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue, and I can't reach the third one right now. Okay. I think it's a racing game. Yep. Right, so, random topic rolled ahead of time. Yep. Jack Benny versus Fred Allen. Now, do you know about this feud at all or no? I
1: barely know who these people actually are.
0: Jack Benny and Fred Allen were comedians who were kind of like on the heyday of radio. Yeah. Back in like the 1930s. 30s, I do believe. The the golden
1: age of radio.
0: Yeah. Yes. So but they both had they both had like, radio shows I couldn't shows tell going you
1: on. any of their routines.
0: No, yeah, it's one of those. I can't. I can't quote any. I know Jack Benny always tried to play the uh, violin, and he played horribly. Um, but they, yeah, these were two big names back in the golden age of radio. Okay. And in 1937, they started to have a feud between their two radio shows.
1: But it was it's a
0: fake feud. Yeah, no. Everybody everybody at the time thought these two were like were out for blood, but the two guys were like best friends and would normally you know just like hang out. together that sort of stuff there and they even had the the writing crews for each show would actually meet together to kind of figure out what the next step of the feud is going to be okay so yeah the two of them would do like parodies of the other person's skits on their show it was it was like it was it was the big feud of the the time so like this went on for i think like a decade if i remember my radio history correctly
1: i i have no idea because i don't know i just know their names
0: so yeah jack benny and fred allen so the the topic
1: yeah what was the literal words of the topic jack
0: benny yeah versus fred allen okay
1: so it's not actually asking us to pick one
0: it's just saying talk about jack jack benny versus fred allen which was uh a feud which basically feud, created right. by them to fuel talk about their own shows this is almost like uh I'm trying to think of like some sort of reality television feud, kind of like the feud between <laughs> um, Colbert and Jimmy Fallon, or Colbert and uh, 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 John Stewart. Yeah, Colbert and John Stewart. Right? That like really wasn't they, a feud, though. Everybody wasn't knew. a feud, right? Yeah, everybody knew that wasn't really a feud, but good That friends. whole like Jimmy Fallon, Colbert feud sort of thing.
1: Yeah, or Ellen DeGeneres and someone. I don't remember who the other person is. They kept pranking each other.
0: Oh, Ellen DeGeneres and I think people from. Um, sorry, I just hit a page that had stupid auto-load videos. Aww. I hate that. Um,
1: People often ask me, this is, uh, Benny, often often ask me if Fred Allen and I were really friends in real life. My answer is always the same. Andy, this kind of applies to a a certain duo that I I happen to know. You couldn't have such a long-running and successful feud as we did without having a deep and sincere friendship at the heart of it. Ah. I think those words are words to remember, in particular with a certain podcast.
0: (laughs) We don't really have a feud, though. I I don't know what we have. (laughs) Um, I can't think of a better word for it. (laughs) It's a very love-hate relationship is what it is
1: but there is definite love in that love-hate relationship. Well, of course, yeah. It's, Otherwise, it, it'd just be I, a hate
0: relationship, and this would be the it, worst podcast ever. It's two old guys yelling I, at each other. I hate
1: it. It's the Sattler... We should just rename this Sattler
0: and Waldorf. Yeah. Well, Sattler and Waldorf never really yelled at each other. They just yelled at the Muppets. They are Muppets. I know. Uh, grumpy Old Men sort of thing? Like uh-huh. like the, the movie Grumpy Old Men? Uh-huh. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon?
1: I, I know the movie, Andy. Okay. I don't think we're quite old enough to be grumpy old men.
0: No.
1: Just two grumpy men. Okay, I think that's it.
0: Alright, I guess uh, that's a wrap then. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast